Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Last week I talked about civilizations on YouTube because it's a really popular subject in IELTS and I talked about the importance of knowing the background a little bit and the vocabulary related to civilizations. So I gave lots of examples like um, the Egyptians, the Sumerians, the Aboriginal people and I mentioned the Maori people of New Zealand although I myself haven't actually found a text about them until now. So I found a listening section four. It's actually from the official Cambridge Guide to IELTS. And the funny thing about it is it's actually called Kite Making by the Maori people of New Zealand. And if you remember, kite making or the use of kites was very important in the text about how the pyramids were built. So you can see the connection and these connections happen all the time. And the more you know about them, the better. So this is a section four. It's a lecture, the most difficult part, and it's a gap fill as usual. It's divided into three paragraphs, I guess, in terms of the questions. And the headings are making and appearance of the kites, then kites, and then purpose and function of kites. And there are 31 to 40 questions and all gap fill. So... The first bullet point is about the priests who made the kites and it says that they had rules for size and scale. We're looking for question 31, the second bullet point, and it starts with the gap. It says something was not allowed during a kite's preparation. So, of course, you're listening for anything which was not allowed and the synonyms for that. Let me just read the first two paragraphs of the tape script. Well, good morning, everyone. As you know, we've been looking at different kinds of art and craft that were practiced by the Maori people of New Zealand, at least before the Europeans began to arrive in the 18th century. So the focus of this lecture is kite making, how the kites were made, their appearance and the purposes they served. So you can see he gives those three points and they correspond to the three headings in the listening. Well, let's start with the way they were made. As with other Maori artistic traditions, kite making involved certain rituals. So, firstly, only priests were allowed to fly and handle the largest, most sacred kites. There were rules too for the size and scale of the kites that the priests had to follow. And during the preparation of both small and large kites, food was strictly forbidden. Did you get it? Food 
was strictly forbidden. The answer there is food uncountable and we know it will be either singular or uncountable because the gap says something was not allowed. So the was tells us it's singular and the answer therefore is food. Now it goes on to kites in general and question 32 says often represented a bird, a god or a something. So we know it's a noun, it's countable, it's similar to maybe a bird or a god or something that the kite could represent. In terms of appearance, Kites were frequently designed in the image of a native bird or a Maori god and sometimes, perhaps less often, a well-known hero. Now, this is interesting. That's the answer. You probably heard a well-known hero. Three words. Well-known has a hyphen which means that's just one word. So we're still left with two words. But the question is asking you to write one word for each answer. So you hear a well-known hero. In fast speech, that sounds probably more like well-known hero. So you have to take out the answer, which is hero. H-E-R-O. Question 33 says the kites had frames that were decorated with grasses and something. So you're going to keep listening until you hear something about decoration, grasses and something. You can imagine that when Maori first arrived in the new country in New Zealand, it may have taken some time to find suitable materials for their kites. But through trial and error, no doubt, they found plants and trees that provided bark and even roots that could use to that they could use to make the frames and wings of their kites. And after the frame had been constructed, the kite then had to be decorated. For this, the priests used long grasses and these, when the kite was in the air, would stream behind it. They also used a variety of feathers to add colour to their creations. So we heard them talk about grasses, the long grasses to stream along behind the kite and then they also used a variety of feathers. Feathers, plural with the S of course is the answer and the spelling is difficult I think. F-E-A-T-H-E-R-S Question 34. Kites had a line of noisy something attached to them. So something which is noisy, probably plural because there's no a and it's a line of noisy something. 
so we're looking for something with noise. All this meant it was easy to see a kite in the sky, but you could also hear Maori kites. They could be quite noisy indeed. And this was because some priests liked to hang a long row of shells from the kite. That is your answer, a long row of shells. One word only and the answer is the plural shells. That's it. Again, in fast speech, you could imagine this is what my students hear. They hear v shells because it says a long row of shells. So it's all about connected and fast speech and getting used to it. Question 35 says the kites could be triangular, rectangular or something shaped. So we're listening for a shape, not triangle, not rectangle. What else could it be? Could you guess this one? You can imagine how they would rattle and clatter in the wind, how they might completely capture your attention. As I said before, the most common image was probably a bird. And that's the same for other kite making cultures. But the kites were designed in particular shapes. So there were kites that were triangular and rectangular and also shaped like a diamond. That is it, shaped like a diamond. So they were diamond shaped, spelling D-I-A-M-O-N-D. Question 36 says the kites had patterns made from clay mixed with something oil. So you're listening for the patterns made from clay but mixed with what kind of oil? Some of them were so large it would actually require several men to operate them. Some of the kites were also covered in patterns and to make these patterns the Maori used different pigments of red and black and these were either made from a charcoal base or from red-brown clay which had been combined with oil obtained from a local species of shark. Wow! So, there's a lot of information there. It says uh, red brown clay which had been combined with oil obtained from a local species of shark. So what kind of oil is it? It's shark oil. S-H-A-R-K. Again in fast speech, local species of shark. <laughs> You'd miss it easily. Question 37. Kites sometimes had human head masks with something and a tattoo. So the masks had something and a tattoo. Now, before I forget, if you have a chance, do visit the Auckland Museum because they have the last surviving birdman kite on display. This is the kind of kite that has a wooden mask at the top of the frame 
it's a mask of a human head. And you can clearly see it has a tattoo and also a set of teeth. A set of teeth. So these human masks had a set of teeth and a tattoo. Again, three words, set of teeth. All we need is teeth. Fast speech, you might hear also a set of teeth. It's difficult. So hopefully you could guess that from the human head it would need teeth, maybe. Then it moves on to the purpose and function of kites. And question 38 say they were a way of sending something to the gods. Sending what to the gods? Turning to the purpose and function of the kites, they certainly had multiple uses. Primarily, the flying of kites was a way of communicating with the gods. And when the kites rose into the air, the Maori used them to deliver messages, perhaps requesting a good harvest, good fortune in war, a successful hunting expeditions. expedition. <laughs> okay, sorry, I was reading ahead because there's quite a, a long bit before the next answer. So yes, what did they deliver to the gods? Well, the Maori used them to deliver messages. Again, plural and no a uh, and just messages. Synonym of deliver is sending. Question 39, another function. They were a way of telling other villages that a something was necessary. What was necessary? People would also fly kites for other reasons. For example, to attract the attention of a neighbouring village. This was done when a meeting was required between Maori elders a convenient method indeed. So what was required, synonym for necessary? Well, a meeting between Maori elders. Elders is quite an important word. Those are the people who were in charge of the village, the elders. And they needed to have a meeting with other elders. So the answer is just meeting, no a uh, and no s. Last question, 40, the kites were a means of something if enemies were coming. Interesting, okay, so what were they used for if enemies were coming? And finally, when it comes to war, there are traditional stories that describe how, when a Maori warrior found himself surrounded by his enemies, a kite could actually provide the possibility of escape. The kites were powerful enough to take a man up into the air and for this reason they could be used to lower him into enemy fortifications so that an attack could begin from the inside. So there's a long passage there, but all we need is if the enemies were coming, how did they use the kite? And it says the possibility of 
escape. So escape is the answer there. So I hope you found that useful. It's got the usual things in it, how they help you. So in that last part, for example, it told you primarily it was for communicating with the gods. So primarily means first of all. Then it says people would also fly kites for other reasons. That gives you the second bullet point. And then they actually say, and finally leading you to the final question, number 40. So I'm really glad I found this book, actually, because I found so many other topics that I talk about all the time. And it really confirms what I believe, that they focus on a specific number of topics with a specific group of words. I've got that group of words for you. They are in my Quizlets. Um, but I've got a very exciting announcement to make. Um, shall I tell you now Ooh, or later? Well, you might have heard of an app called Vocab Victor. It's a new app and it's a really fun way to review and recycle vocabulary. Well, Vocab Victor contacted me, the lady in charge, an amazing lady called Heidi said that she thought my word lists for IELTS would be perfect to work together with her app. And so today is the first day we've launched. Um, I'll put the links hopefully into this podcast so you can find Heidi's app and try out my word lists um, using the app. It's great fun. Um, she explains better how it works. We're going to do a podcast about that next week. So make sure you uh, keep an eye out for it and I'll let you know when it's ready. Thank you very much for listening today. This was, as I mentioned, I don't have it on my website because of copyright. I'm sure there are many people who have it. It's official Cambridge guide to IELTS. You probably know it. It's the big thick book. I got it out of Essex Library and it's great. So you'll find that actual listening um, somewhere online, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Speak to you next week. Bye for now. Bye bye.